0: thank you for allowing us to let you feel what it's like whenever you're in a Spanish-speaking service, and it's all Spanish-speaking, and uh, it's a little awkward, but at least you knew what we were singing. Amen. I've been there and didn't have a clue what they were singing, and they were saying it so fast, I couldn't keep up. There's been times I've been to some of the services, different services throughout the world, and I just thought, good Lord, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to learn any of this language. Uh, But God is good. Amen. We're so thankful, and uh, thank Julia for carrying us on Waymaker. Amen. Amen. I would like for uh, Josh and Jessica Cooper to come to the front, please, and stand right up here, right right up here with me. Amen. Many of you probably already saw this, but um, we are going to do something special for them today. Uh, Josh and Jessica have been around since, I don't know, the church began. Uh, Josh has been since the church was started in 85, and Jessica has been here since she was about 13. She came in when she was about 13. And uh, I'm sorry for the pictures just by the way I'm very sorry I did not get them approved uh, but that's okay um, you know pastor privilege right there but my hope radio has come to recognize the invaluable position of our music ministers and our churches and lives throughout uh, leadership and their servitude and they lead us into deeper worship uh, of our Savior Jesus Christ and uh, whereas we recognize the role of the music minister uh, calls for much more than mere knowledge of music theory, but also for an understanding of how music affects the mind and soul of individuals and the wisdom to use this understanding to create an atmosphere, to help create the atmosphere and facilitate that atmosphere of worship for us. And whereas we recognize that responsibility of leading churches into unified worship Joining the individual's worship experience together with the body of Christ creates an atmosphere dedicated and focused on God. And whereas we recognize the effort and quality put forth by our music ministers, the time and the effort hidden from sight, the hours of practice, the days of preparation, the moments where improvisation is the only option. And and I want to add another special line in putting up with pastor's recommendations. Now, therefore, be it resolved that My Hope Radio proclaims April 2019, April 28, to be Music Minister Appreciation Day. So we have a certificate here for Josh and Jessica uh, for Music Minister Appreciation, but that's not all, because you all uh, were warned in an email that we were going to do this, and so we present this to you today, and we have come bearing a few gifts, that's for you, the others for her, unless you want the flowers that you can share. Amen. We love Josh and Jessica. Amen. Amen. I wonder if uh, we could have some of our our elders and and especially some of those of you who know how to pray, would you come up and would you just help me? We're going to pray over Josh and Jessica today. Um, you know, if the devil can uh, harm their sleep, harm their health, if he can come against their, their mind and their spirit, uh, if he can get them off track, then he's going to mess up the rest of our church because they're an important part of, of leading us into worship. So I want you, if you would, everybody, just just for a moment, just bear with me. Would you come and uh, those of you who are going to help me pray, would you come and help me pray? Would everybody else, would you just stand and, and raise your hand and, and point it at Josh and Jessica as we pray? Lord Jesus. They knew we did. You guys know we were going to do that? You know, we're going to do that. Good, good success. Amen. It's hard to, I mean, it's hard to do something around here without Josh and Jessica knowing about it. Man, I'm telling you, got to be very, very sneaky. We're so glad that uh, Josh and Jessica are uh, doing what they do. There are so many, um, you know, and I'm going to just say this. Maybe you will understand this. Maybe you won't. Have you, has anybody ever dealt with music people? You know what I'm talking about, music people, artists. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. They're usually prima donnas. Let's just be honest. Lots of drama. And I'm thankful we don't have to deal with that. Amen. I'm thankful that Josh and Jessica, amen, they're not drama king and drama queen. Amen. Jessica, uh, the motto that her and Josh and I, we, we kind of talked about, came up with, said, our music ministry is going to be a drama-free zone. Amen. That's, that's how we like to approach it. We're so thankful for them, and uh, they are, amen, the picture of consistency in this church. And We're so thankful for them. Each, each and every day, uh, they are growing, and we're so glad for what God is doing in their lives. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would, let's turn to the book of Acts chapter 2. Uh, I do want to say to everyone that's watching us today online, thank you for joining us online. We are so glad. Uh, We have our missionaries to Costa Rica. They are currently in Indianapolis because of uh, their, their son, Asher. Uh, he is still in the NICU right now. They're, they're, he's been doing so much better over this past week. He had a rough week about a, a week ago, and uh, he's doing so much better. He looks so good, and uh, as soon as I get permission, I'm going to show you some pictures. Amen. But I am so thankful. They're they're joining us online, and uh, Samantha's grading our Spanish today, uh, so we are so thankful that they are here. But if you are watching us online, thank you for joining us online, and uh, I'm, I'm just excited about what God is going to do. Will Reese once wrote the following and he was describing the average view, uh, view of uh, man about God. And he said, I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of him to make me move uh, to, into loving a black man or pick beats with a migrant. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Why do we operate like this? Why does the average man go after things that will never pay off when we could spend so much more time on things that have eternal importance? As children of God, we're called to love God as well as honor, serve, and reach people with the gospel. Love is the motivation that puts the go in the gospel. When we begin to love each other as Christ loved us, this love will compel us to turn our entire world into a mission field. Basically, today, there are three different levels of evangelism. There's our church, our community, and our world. It's vitally important that we understand the importance of building relationships in the local church, serving our community, and helping the good news of Jesus spread across the globe. So with that in mind, let's turn our attention to the Bible. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. I pray, God, that you would help us Lord, like never before in the next few moments, just to capture just a glimpse of the mission field that you have said is white and ready to harvest. And I pray, God, that you would put it upon our hearts today, Lord, to go to our mission field and Lord, that we would be stirred today, Lord, by your word and by what you want to do in this service. And God, we will give you the praise and the glory in Jesus name. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen, it's so good to have, you guys don't know this, but we have Kendall Lynn with us today, it's her first Sunday, right, and this is Krista's uh, uh, daughter, and this is, if you don't know who Krista is, that's Jennifer's daughter, so we're glad that they're here with us in service today, amen, and I'll give you the, the caution word that I give to everybody, wait until mom says it's okay before you try to take hold of that baby, All right, back off, give them some space. Uh, We do that every every time we have a new mom. We just remind everybody, because it's so hard, you just want to go up and start touching that baby. Quit. Don't do it. Just, you know, admire from afar. All right. Acts chapter 2 is telling us here some very important things, and I want to start today with the mission field. Everybody say, the mission field of our church. Did you realize that your church is a mission field? So from the example of the early church, we learned the local church must be a place where people unselfishly care for each other and they work to make a difference in the world. I want you to notice that the early church had two main focuses. Their two main focuses were understanding God's word and fellowshipping together. That's it. Isn't that simple? They wanted to understand God's word and they they wanted to fellowship together. That was what was priority for them. So... They would spend most of their days, as we read in the book of Acts, they would spend most of their days doing this. They would get together with each other. They would uh, grow in relationship with God. Then they would grow in relationship with each other. And because of what they were going through, it was very easy for them uh, to grow in relationship because they were so persecuted. And they had to deal with a lot outside of the body of Christ. And so when they came together in the body of Christ, it was like a breath of fresh air. It was was like awesome because they got to be together. Together And so they focused on getting closer to Jesus. And because of this, uh, they were persecuted and had to go through a lot of different things. But they focused on getting closer to Jesus. And because they did this, it helped them to build stronger bonds with one another. In the book of Acts, we see that they were unselfish in sharing everything they had with each other. It's really quiet now. Pastor, are you saying that uh, we, we should start a commune and we should bring everything together and sell everything? No, that's not what I'm saying. I do want to make mention, though, that the early church's two main focus kind of brought this together. Our culture doesn't necessarily dictate that we have all things common uh, as far as everybody selling everything that they would have to put towards the common good. We could, though, however, be more open to take care of the needs of others in our local church we do that by opening our hearts to others and so that God will bless the community of believers not just with our money some people think oh pastor you just you're going to take up an offering and we're going to spread it no 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 not like that with our time with our talent amen with our relationships we need to be more open I, I, somebody told me the other day they said they said you know I would love to be more involved in the church I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. And I said, I I understand. I said, I'll be honest with you. I don't know anybody right now who's not busy. Is anybody out there not busy? You're just bored to death. No, everybody, everybody in here is busy. And do you know what's happened? Our world has sped up. Everything has been, uh, you know, tried, they, they've tried to make everything so good and so, uh, you know, just, just easily attainable. Uh, I call it the microwave society. Like, we can't wait for anything. You know, we want to have this in, you know, if I'm at the, sitting at the drive-thru uh, for longer than a minute and a half, I'm like, come on, isn't this fast food, right? That's how we are. There's not one of us in here that doesn't want things to speed up. But then we say, I can't be involved in my local church because I'm too busy. Huh. I wonder what it would be like if God took all the stuff away that we were so busy about. He doesn't do that, you know. He's, he's kind. He's loving. Uh, he's good to us. And, and, you know, most of us, uh, we, we are to the place where we love God and we love each other but the problem is we've not gotten to the place that jesus talked about where we love each other as ourselves hmm. it's all quiet look i didn't i wasn't planning on it being that serious today but i, I guess it is so be it you you love you love each other but do you love each other as you love yourself? Would you be willing to go out of your way for someone else? Are you willing to make others a priority over yourself? Well, I I don't know, pastor. I don't think that, you know, I don't think that that's always necessary. I'm not talking about, you know, sometimes we think, pastor, you don't understand. I come to church every week and that's that's a major, that's big, right? Because people in our society, they don't go to church every week. They just don't anymore. It's, it's just not what people do. So for those of you that do, you're like, look at me. At least I'm coming to church every week, right? But we're not, look, this is not my concern. My concern is not, are we a good church? That's not my concern. I, I'm thankful that we're a good church, but that's not really my priority, my priority is, does this church look like this church? I don't know. Oh, pastor, we've moved beyond that. We don't need all that. We don't, we don't need to be at the place where the power of God can flow freely. We don't need to be at the place where miracles, signs, and wonders are happening daily. We don't need to be there. We don't need to be to the place where God is adding to the church daily. You don't want to be there? I do. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. That's the kind of church I want to lead, amen? I want to be able to be where God wants us to be. And so sometimes for us, uh, we have to understand we were designed by God to be a body. Not to be a bunch of separate groups or separate families or separate cliques doing whatever we want. Coming together on Sunday and saying, hey, we're having church. No, that's not church. That's a social club. Pastor, you're 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 getting all up in my business. I'm not done. I've got more. So just hold on, because this is not uh, th- this is not exactly like the early church. That's what we're that's our model. That's what we're going for. That's where the bar has been set. We we've got uh, you know juniors got this game and Sally's got rehearsal and so and so's got practice and so we have trouble even making it together. We, we, we can't participate in life groups. We can't be here on Thursday night for Bible study. And, you know, it's good enough that we come just once a week on Sunday. I read in my Bible that they got together. You got it. You got it. But, but I, you don't understand my schedule. You don't understand my situation. I, I do. I do. And I'm not saying that every night of the week you need to be doing something at the church or every night of the week you need to be doing something with the church. I'm just saying a lot of nights. Your, your life ought to be defined by the community that you belong to. I read something not too long ago that said uh, they, they, this, this guy that was in prison and he was in, ga- he was in a gang. And whenever he left his gang uh, to, to follow Jesus and to live for Jesus, uh, it was a very hard thing for him because ever since he was a little boy, he had been a part of this gang. And, and he was initiated into this gang. And, and so for him to leave the gang was almost, it was literally almost suicide for him. Because he was leaving people, and he said what the hardest thing was for him, was leaving people that he felt like were so loyal, and they were his family, they were his people. And here's the problem that I have, as the church we're calling people to come out of some of those kind of, and I'm not saying everybody's coming out of a gang, but coming out of some of those gang-type family settings, relationships, bonds. And we're saying, hey, you need to leave all of that stuff behind and come hang out with us. One Sunday, one day a week, for a couple hours. And they're like, I used to do everything with my gang. I used to do everything with my, with my group you know, with my friends, with my pals. I used to, we used to go, you know, we'd go out to the bars and then we'd go back to somebody's house and we'd drink and then we'd do this and we'd do that. We were always doing something together. And why do we think that when we come to church and we want people to have family, we want people to be in the body of Christ, amen, in the community of believers, and and we're so busy. We're so busy, we don't have time for each other. Do you know that your church is a mission field? Some people are saying, Pastor, you know, you're not going to build a crowd this way. I'm not trying to build a crowd. I'm trying to build a church. There are going to be some of you that don't like what I say today, and I'm not trying to be rude or mean, but really, I'm concerned with building a church, and I want to see the church be healthy. The only way the church can be healthy is if we follow what Jesus said is supposed to, the church is supposed to look like. So there may be some things that rub you the wrong way. Don't get upset with me. Get into the Bible. Find out this is what the Bible says. Amen. The local church has got to be more than just a building. My God, I'm thankful for this building. We've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on this building. And yet we can't even fill it up on a Sunday. But we love our church. And we love each other. No, 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 not yet. We will. We're not there yet. We will. Amen. That's where we're headed. We're, I'm so thankful for what God has blessed us with. I'm so thankful for, for the, the goodness of God to this church. But this church is more than just this building. We're more than just a building. The people are the church. Whenever you go to Walmart, you are the church. Whenever you're sitting at the restaurant, you're the church. Whenever you're at somebody's house having coffee, you're the church. Come on, somebody. When you're in your driveway and somebody comes and they're crying on your driveway and you pray with them, you're the church. I wish we would just be the church instead of coming to church. I wish we could just be the church. That's our mission field, right here, right where we are today. In order for us to fulfill the design of God for the local church, we've got to participate in the two focuses that the early church had, and that was we need to understand the Word of God and apply it to our life. And the second thing is we better have fellowship together with each other on a regular basis, and not just, hi, how are you? It's good to see you. Have a great week. Pastor, that stings. I know, because it's true. Wouldn't sting if it wasn't true. Man, I got time for family. I got time for my hobbies. I got time for sports. I got time for the NFL draft. I don't have time for you. That's what you're saying. That's what we say to the outside world. Man, I got so much time for all these other things, but I don't even have time for the people that I'm a body believer with, <laughs> that I'm part of the local church. Well, this is my. this is where I go to church. That's what I've heard people say. That's where I go to church. Can you imagine? I mean, think about Peter. Like, what if he was talking to one of his friends, and one of his friends like, hey, Peter, you know, where do you go to church? (laughs) What do you mean, where do I go to church? I I am the church. (laughs) Wherever I go is church. What? But today, it's kind of like, hey, what's up, Jack? Hey, man, I'm, I'm doing good. You doing all right? Yeah. Uh, 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 how do you like your church? Oh, I like it all right. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Hey, can I go to your church and check out your church? My church isn't doing much for me. But not this Sunday because, you know, Billy's got a, a softball game. So maybe next Sunday. Mm. That's how people find churches. They go to the church and they find, I'm going to find a church that I'm comfortable with. And I really hope that you like this church. I really hope that you're comfortable with it. But really, whether you are or not, I can't, you know, if you're not hungry for God, if you don't want the things of God, we can try to talk you into staying, stand, but eventually you're going to be gone anyways. So I love you and I'm glad you're here. But man, after being here 18 years, I am tired of trying to talk people into staying stand at this church. You either got to love God and want the things of God or you don't. I, I can't make you. You've got to decide that for yourself. So what do we do? How do we reflect the early church and how we become the church and how we conduct the local church? So so I think the, the main thing we need to do is we need to agree together. We're going to grow in relationships with God and with each other intentionally. What does that mean? That means there's a whole wall right there. As you leave the sanctuary today, there's a whole wall of opportunities for you to go have church all week long. It's called life groups. You say, what do you mean, go have church? Do you mean go and they, they're gonna play the organ and somebody's gonna be up with a microphone? No, 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 You're gonna have church sitting around drinking coffee. You're gonna take, you know, some, some requests, prayer requests, and you're gonna pray for each other, you're gonna pray for each other's needs. That's having church. That's what the Bible tells me the early church did. So that's how we're gonna grow, folks. We're not going to necessarily grow numerically, but we are going to grow spiritually. We're going to become who God wants us to be. We're going to be intentional about it. We're not going to wait and say, you know what, that's a good idea. Let's put that into practice in 2020. No, we're going to do it this year. I don't care if hell likes it or not. They may come against us with everything they've got, but that's all right. When we're together, you know what defines uh, the, the, the early church? Do you know what really defines it? Does anybody know? Their love one for another. Jesus said, they're going to know you are my disciples because you love one another. If you're talking bad about your church, about people in your church, if you can't get in community with people, then it's going to be a bad day because people aren't going to see people who love each other. They're not going to see what Jesus intended the church to be. So how can we move forward? Well, we're going to do it through life groups. We're going to do it through prayer. We do it through Bible study. We do it through fellowship. And then we come together and we have Sunday celebrations of worship. Amen. That's what Sunday's supposed to be. Amen. Sunday ought to be. Woo! This is awesome. Look at what God is doing. Amen. And we get excited together. It should be a celebration, but too often, amen, we have made it the only lifeline for us to get through the month. Jesus, help us. God, we really want our local church to be a mission field. Amen. And more than that, we're going to move to the next one. We want our community to be a mission field. Matthew twenty eight sixteen through 20 is the Great Commission. The eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is commonly known as the Great Commission. The key elements of Jesus' command are, what? Go, make disciples, Baptize in the name of Jesus. Teach obedience to biblical principles. Boy, I wish you could be me today. I wish I could switch and sit in your seat today. I would amen the pastor so loud. I'd get behind him. I would preach. I'd take my bathroom breaks before the service. I promise I would. I'd take this serious. I I wish I could be you. I wish I could sit in your seat today. And I wish I could say, preach it, pastor. That's the truth. You're not preaching something that's not in the word of God. Jesus said, go. Jesus said, make disciples. Jesus said, baptize in his name. Jesus said, teach obedience to biblical principles. So I'm doing what Jesus said. I'm just trying to do what Jesus said. You might not like it today, but I, I'm just trying to do what Jesus said. Well, pastor, you could do it a little bit better. That's why I wish I could switch places with you. Jesus said, do this. And he said, this is where it starts. If we if you'll go, we'll, we'll go to there in just a minute. But Acts chapter one, verse eight, he says it starts here and it goes to the uttermost parts of the earth, Right. So we understand where we are called to make disciples, but when should we start making disciples? Jesus spoke the Great Commission to people who had not yet been filled with the Holy Ghost, correct? And when Jesus called his disciples, he told them, you are going to be fishers of men, correct? Evidently, we don't need to be professional disciple makers to make a difference in our community, or Jesus never would have called unsaved people, (laughs) Evidently, amen, there's something that we can do right now, right here where we are, because the answer to when is immediately. If you find yourself a little fearful or wondering exactly what can I do, you are in good company because even Jesus' disciples, uh, they, they were kind of confused of how do I make this happen, right? This is why Jesus reminded them. He said, I have all power and authority in, in heaven and in earth. And he says, I want you to go in my power. I want you to go in my authority. And I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Let me submit to you today that if we will make it a priority to go, that He is with us. If we'll make it a priority that we are not going to stay, but we are going to go, He is going to be with us. He promised that He would, even unto the end of the age. Amen. We've got the formula. We've got His authority. And He will never leave us. So what are we waiting on? We've got everything that we need to be successful with the gospel. He said, go. This is what I would like to encourage you to do right now before you even uh, move anywhere in this service. This is what I really want you to do. I want you to start thinking right now. How many of you got one of these? You got one of these? Anybody got one of these? Everybody got one of these. If you did not get one of these today, you need to wave your hand because you need one of these. Look at all these people that don't have. Ushers, help me out. This right here, this trifold, it's more than just telling you what our missions giving was last year this QR code if you point a smartphone at it it will take you to the full report which also includes the message that I'm preaching to you today it includes another uh, missions article from from Julia of her uh, call to missions and what God is doing in her life it includes stories and stuff that's going on with our missionaries and you have the uh, you have that all right here with this trifle but this is what I want you to do before you move any further today I, i'm going to we're going to pray and i want to ask God to speak to us. I want you to ask God, speak to me. And I want you to say, God, who would you like me to make a disciple? Who would you like for me to make a... Di- no, I thought that was for you, Pastor. No, no, no. That's for all of us. We are all called to make disciples. But you don't understand, I'm not even quite you know where I need to be spiritually. That's okay. The, the, the disciples weren't necessarily where they needed to be spiritually at times either. We are all called to make... Do you know what I have found This is what I have found. You would think that not being involved, not being connected, not making disciples, you would think that that would give you so much time and you would be so fulfilled because you could do whatever you wanted to do, right? That's what you would think. But the opposite is true. The way to really find your life and the way to really connect in the house of God and with the things of God is to give up your time, to give up your life, to make disciples, to make connections, to give of yourself. Because when we lose ourselves individually, we find ourselves in the body. Come on, somebody. When we'll be willing to lay down our life individually, we'll find ourselves in the community. Come on, somebody. I wish you could hear me today. God is trying to get you to understand. He's got a greater, abundant life prepared for you. He's got even better things than you can even imagine. And He wants to give those things to you. But you will never, never, never receive those things until you start laying down your life and giving it to Him. Until you say, God, I'm willing to make disciples. I'm willing to teach Bible studies. I'm willing to do life groups. I'm willing, God, whatever you want from me. And so this is what we're going to do. And I'm not finished. I've got one more section. But this is what we're going to do because I feel like this is so important. It's an interactive message today. I want you to take just a few moments, and I'm going to pray. And I want you to pray because I really feel this. I feel like God wants us to make disciples. He is coming back soon. Folks, I'm, I'm I'm trying to be as fair and as real with you as I can. Do you realize technology is already in place? The, the, what we have thought of, the mark of the beast and all this, the number of man and uh, chip, chip implanting and all this, it's already in place. You can already do transactions, it's already there. There's nothing more that needs to happen. Everything is in place. I would venture to say that, that with, within probably the next few years, we are going to see major advancements. And we are going to probably see some things that you thought you would never see in your lifetime. We don't have much time left. And so if I can appeal to you today, I'm telling you, Jesus is calling us to make disciples. Jesus wants us to be active in our local community, not just to go to work, not just to do this or that. But I know Jesus wants us to make disciples. So pray and I'm going to pray for you and I want you to pray, God, who would you like me to target for discipleship? And I want you to do this write down three to five names wherever you can, on your bulletin, on your trifold. I want you to write down three to five names that God puts into your heart. You say, well, what if God doesn't speak to me? Then you need to learn how to listen. Number one. Number two, fake it until you make it. You think there's some people in your life that God wants to reach through you? I know there are. I have no doubt in my mind because his word says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. So today, I'm, I am commissioning you as Jesus commissioned you to make disciples. But I'm not perfect. It doesn't matter. None of us are perfect. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray right now. We're going to write down some names. And these are going to be people that you see on a regular basis. I want you to place them on your prayer list. If you don't pray for anything else. Amen. Pray that God would help you to be who he wants you to be and pray that God would help you make disciples of these people on your list. Are you ready? Let's pray. Jesus, God, You have called us to make disciples. You have commissioned us, God, and that You will be with us. And God, that there is nothing that is too hard for You. So today, God, I pray that You would put uh, these people on our heart that You want us to target for discipleship. I know, God, that there will be some that might just be lazy and say, this is just pastor. He's just worked up. Uh, I don't need to get involved in the mission field. But Lord, You have already promised in Your Word the blessing is to those who will go. The blessing is to those who will not stay. So God, today... We receive your commission. And God, we are making disciples. Lord, we put these people on our prayer list today. We put these people on our target list today. That we will, if you will help us, God, we will make disciples. It might be a friend. It might be a family member. It might be the person at the business that you go into every week. It may be the waiter or the waitress that you're used to seeing. It might be the person who checks you out at Walmart. But right now, in the name of Jesus, God, speak to our hearts and tell us who we can target. Target to make disciples. And God, we will do our very best to follow through with your commission. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want you to write those names. If you don't have any names, just, just uh, don't make up names. But, but just think of people that you see every week. If you don't even know what their name is, say the guy at the dry cleaner. Say uh, the lady at the, at, at the restaurant. Whatever it is. You know who it is. And, and then make it a point to find out their name so that you can pray for them by name. You say, well, pastor, what happens? What happens in the next six months? Well, that's completely up to you and God. It's partially dependent on you because you are going to have to get out of your comfort zone to try to make disciples. You're going to have to pray for them on a regular basis. But if God opens the door, you ought to be ready. I'm, let me just ask you something. I, somebody asked this. I, I, was, I was reading this the other day. Somebody asked this, and I, I thought this was a great point. When was the last time you shared Jesus with somebody? I'm not talking about when was the last time you asked somebody to church. I know it was last Sunday for Easter. I get it. No problem. It's easy to ask somebody to come to your church. When was the last time you shared how good Jesus is with somebody? You said, man, he is so good. I'm telling you, he has changed my life. I used to do this. I used to have these problems. I used to be overcome. But now, look what Jesus has done in my life. Man, he is so good to me. When was the last time you shared Jesus? You know what? This is what's going to happen. God's going to open a door for you. For those, somebody who's hurting, somebody who's overwhelmed, somebody who's confused and frustrated, somebody who may be even suicidal, and he's going to open a door for you, and you're going to walk through, and you're going to say, you know what, I know this is going to sound weird, but I feel like I need to tell you about how good Jesus is, and what he can do in your life. And when you do that, it's going to open up the door for your disciple. You say, well, am I making them a disciple of me? No, you're making them a disciple of Jesus, but you are involved in the process. Amen. Anybody anybody out there that doesn't think I'm crazy? Good. Everybody out there thinks I'm crazy. You don't think I'm crazy? Okay. I got one. And she's married to me, and if she thinks I'm crazy, I better look out. I might get committed. The third section that I want to talk to you about is our world. And this comes to I know sometimes we think missions and we think missions around the world. And and I do want us to think that way, but I want us to think in our local church and our local community as well but Jesus says in Acts chapter 6 and verse uh, uh, through 11 he, hes they come together they ask Jesus and they' are saying Lord is it at this time that you're restoring the kingdom to Israel and he says to them it's not for you to know the times or the epochs that the father hath have fixed by his own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up, while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently uh, into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, "Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has taken, uh, who was taken up from you uh, into heaven, will come in just the same way you have watched him go into heaven." This is what I would. I would tell you about our world. We have a part to play. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a part to play. I have a part to play. I know for many years, for many years we, we resigned this church to just being the giving part. Jesus commanded that we don't stay, that we go. So how do we get involved? How are you involved? Let me ask you that personally. How are you involved with taking the good news of Jesus to the world? Jesus said, go. So how are we going? How are you going individually? Because Jesus' ascension, we now have the power of the Holy Ghost, right? John 7, he he said, you'll receive the Holy... Holy Ghost, he, could not be, it could not be given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now that Jesus ascends and he's glorified up into heaven, the Holy Spirit comes, right? So we know that, that that gives us the power to accomplish the great commission in every nation. We're not doing this alone. Amen. We don't do this alone. We cannot live in fear at the thought of evangelism. God is with us when we go. God is with us when we go. Some of us, we, we were scared today trying to sing in Spanish. And some of you were like, why? Why do we get so afraid? Why are we so fearful sometimes? How can we do this if we don't do it with God's help? Just look around, amen? Why don't you just look around? Just just take a gander at some of the things going on in our world today. Look at the poverty. Look at the starvation. Look at the human trafficking. Look at Christians being killed all over the globe. Look at the opioid epidemic. Just to name a few things that are messed up in our world today. It's easy for us to think, yeah, pastor, that stuff really breaks my heart. But what am I able to do to change it? In our desire to be relevant with society, we sometimes reduce serving our communities and our world to a hashtag. Hashtag. And we post it on Instagram. We post it on Facebook. And look at how cool we are. This is what we're doing. And, and, I, and again, I'm not trying to, uh, uh, you know, blast out hashtags. If, but, but if that's all it is is a hashtag if we really don't care, if we really don't love, if we're really not going to change the world, amen, then why do we even waste our time? What are you you saying, Pastor? I'm saying we need to get involved. We need to get involved in a positive, lasting change. This can be complicated sometimes. You'll hear some people will say, you know, the best way to accomplish, uh, you know, Changing your world is give clean water, or make sure that people have food, or make sure that people have clothes, or any other number of great social causes. I, and I'm not against any of those, okay? So don't, don't get me wrong. And then you'll hear other people say, well, the only sharing we should be doing is the gospel, and we've got to make sure that people get Bibles and preaching and teaching, and that's the only way to do it. Can, can I tell you that, that this brings up a dilemma for most churches? Because either they're real good at the social stuff and really bad at the spiritual, or vice versa. But the answer to the dilemma is do both. Do everything you can to do both. We should be involved in any and all efforts to help people have a chance to experience the gospel of Jesus Christ. So whether we're taking toothbrushes, or we're taking clothes, or we're digging wells, amen, or we're teaching or preaching or going to services or crusades, it doesn't matter. We need to share Jesus Christ with the world. Amen. That person who is starving, physically starving, and they're about to die, if we don't share food with them, we may never get a chance to share the gospel with them. Amen. They may not have a chance to respond if we don't do something first. We can't focus on just the physical and ignore the spiritual. Amen. Both are necessary if the gospel is to be effective in our world. I wish you would just go home and read Matthew 25, 31 to 46. See how important it is that we don't neglect the needs of the people who Jesus loves. We've got to reach people with the gospel. And many times the open door to do so is going to be minister to their physical need first. Minister to their emotional need first. Amen. I like the song, and it's, I think the link is included in the e-bulletin today, the song by Matthew West, Do Something. Amen. He said, uh, I, I looked around at all the world and all the mess that was there, and I said, God, why don't you send somebody to do something? And he said, I did. I sent you. I wish somebody in here would say, God, send me. God, send me. Send me to my family. Send me to my community. Send me to the world. on somebody it starts with a willing heart it starts with availability today it starts with somebody saying I'm available God send me I will tell you and I'm about to close but I will tell you that each of us each of us have been called to go it's not just for your pastor it's not just for your pastor's family If the Lord should tarry, there's a very real possibility that in the next few years my daughter will go on the mission field. This is not something that I take lightly. I wonder if you would be willing for your child to go on the mission field. I wonder if it would be okay for your grandchild to go on the mission field. Would that be okay? You say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying it starts with an Availability. God, I'm available. Whatever you need for me, whatever it is that you want from me, God, I'm I'm available. Each of us has to be willing. You know, God might direct you. I, I don't know. God might direct you to move across the globe. Maybe He he just has something for you to do right here. Maybe uh, God would 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 help you to be instrumental in raising funds for missionaries that you uh, never have to physically even leave the state. I don't know what God's part has, uh, what God's part is for you to play. I do know that it's all of us that have to play a part. I don't know if it's going to be God calling you, amen, like he is calling my daughter to missions. I don't know if that's what God has for you. But I can tell you right now, you've got to be available. You've got to be willing to go. Four years ago, God dealt with me about our church taking annual short-term missions trip. We were dealing with some stuff and I, I wasn't sure how to proceed. And God dealt with me about... Not just giving for those who are going, but actually going. And I can remember the hesitancy on several people's part. And they said, why do we need to go? Why should we go? What's the big deal? And uh, I, I wasn't really, I'll be honest, I wasn't even sure where to begin but I had some conversations, and I started doing some planning, and so after we did this, we went to Guatemala in October of 2017. We got to see and help with the orphanage there in Guatemala. We got to be in different churches and minister in different churches, and then last year you saw the Morenos. We were with them in Greece, and we did their, we ran their whole youth camp, and there were nine that were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost while we were there. Amen. God was good to us, and then in June this year, we will take our large group ever to Costa Rica I'm I'm, look I'm just saying you got to be willing to go you got to be willing to go can everybody go pastor I don't know I don't know I don't think it's can everybody go I think is it will everybody be available oh pastor we I really want to go we really want to go okay you know what it takes a little bit of saving a little bit of planning, a little bit of inconvenience. That's what it takes. It's never going to be convenient to go on a mission trip. I can tell you that right now. Last year, we were dealing with all the, the stuff with the, the trusses and having all the headaches with the insurance company, and a lot of things were going wrong, and I just, I was really frustrated, and it was January, and I was thinking, God, I don't know how we're going to Greece this year. I don't know how we're going and I literally I had me I had a I had a me moment with God and I said God if you don't start helping me I'm closing this trip down cuz I don't know what to do. And I got convicted because I said, "You know what? We're going to go." And we went and it was not the easiest trip in the world. Those who were with me, they can testify to you that trip started so rough. I thought I was going to lose my mind. It was inconvenient. It was rough. Amen. But I can tell you one thing. God is with you when you go. God is with you when you go. Pastor, what do you think I should do? I wonder if you would just consider prayerfully what to do. Maybe it's just giving. I don't know. I think if you're willing, God will will let you do whatever it is that you want to do in the act of going. Whether it's giving, supporting, going, amen, whatever. But This is what we got to do. We have the Great Commission in all three of these areas. Our church, our community, and our world. How will you fulfill the Great Commission on the mission field? Already we're starting to plan our mission trip for 2020. Maybe you could go with us. Pastor, where's it going to be? I don't know. we got three options right now. But it doesn't really matter. The place doesn't really matter. Well, it does to me. 'Cause I want to be safe. Jesus said, I send you out a sheep among Doesn't sound safe, does it? If you go, he said, I'll be with you. Every month at this church we collect a special missions offering every third Sunday we are currently supporting well over 25 missionaries and missions project, projects like the Home Orphanage in Guatemala. Would you please consider giving every month to missions? Pastor, you, you're really stretching me now because we're giving to this stewardship campaign and we're trying to be faithful to this. Can I tell you that God is blessing because of that? I, I, I could tell you job promotions, job bonuses, Base pay, bonuses, all kinds of things that have happened just in the last two weeks because people are stretching themselves and they're giving. This is what I know. I know God wants us to go with the gospel, so this is what I'm suggesting we do. I'm suggesting we make it a point. If you, if all you can do is $10 a month or $15 a month or $20 a month, if you can do $50, awesome. If you can do $100, wonderful. Whatever you can do, why don't you consider supporting missionaries every month? Just, Just try it. All I only got is five dollars this month. Let's do five dollars then. Watch God turn it into ten. Do ten and watch God turn it into twenty. Why do you why do you say that, Pastor? Because He's doing it. Because I've seen Him do it. Am I boring you? If you if you click this and you go to the missions page for the church, uh, you some of you probably can't do it now uh, if you don't have if your phone's not real fast. But you can download a whole PDF booklet. I did mention that, right? Download the whole PDF booklet. You'll find stuff in there. It's amazing. You'll, you'll find what, what God is doing all over the world, and you'll see how we get to be a part of it. We printed out booklets last year. We printed out, I think we printed out like 50 or 75 booklets last year. The cost was astronomical. Just to do that, it was over $500. You know what we decided? We're going to save that money and give it to missions. So how many of you can download a PDF booklet? How many of you cannot? All right. If you cannot, if you have an Apple phone, I will airdrop it to you. I'll make it that easy. You, you can. We'll make sure that you get it one way or another. But I want you to take time, amen, as you go through that to prayer, uh, prayerfully consider what God would have you do. And as I close today, this is what I'm asking you to do. How can I apply this message to my life? I don't know. This is, up to, this is not for me to tell you. I, look, I'm not trying to twist your arm here about how exactly you do this. Are you with me? She's coming to the, look, she's coming to the music. I promise I'm closing for those of you that you got to get out of here. It's, it's, just, it's amazing to me. I, I don't know. But we have so many opportunities, even opportunities that we've never had before. Do you know that now, and you can, you can do this. I believe the link is in the e-bulletin for uh, Mission Possible. Okay. Mission Possible UPCI.com. Mission Possible UPCI.com. If you go to Mission Possible UPCI.com, I'll share the link with everybody. Go to that, start an account, and sign up, start a campaign for your child. Start a campaign for your grandchild. If you're a young adult, start a campaign for yourself to go on a missions trip. Why? Why should I do that? Because it's a good way to save. There's no transaction fees. They're not going to dock you. If you use SendMe, if you use PayPal, if you use Facebook uh, Fundraiser, any of those, they're gonna dock you. But guess what? Mission Possible UPCI.com. You can sign up, set the account up, start saving for missions. It's simple. Some of you are looking at me like I've lost my mind. I started one for, we started one for Julia, and now we've started one for Jasmine and for Ashton. Ashton's eleven. Some of you, you have grandkids that are four, five, six, seven. Pastor, they're not ready to go on a mission trip. What if you put a couple hundred dollars in there every year? What if for their birthday, instead of getting them some huge toy that they're gonna play with for a week? What if you took $50 of that and put it into their mission savings, their mission possible account? And then by the time they turned 18 and they're ready to go on an AYC trip, hey, we got the money. We don't have to do any fundraising. It's right there. Well, I don't know. I don't know what God's going to have you do. But I would say that there are so many opportunities. Most churches don't take annual missions trips. We do. If you want to go on a mission trip, we'll make it possible. Some churches don't really support missions. They never have missionaries come. We do. You've already seen a lot of our missionaries. Did you hear them greet us personally? We are vital. Every time you see one of our missionaries, every time you see where they're at, every time you see that, know that your missions dollars, 400, what did she say, 436 in Guatemala, you're partially responsible for that. Amen. The, the, the ones in, in Finland, you're partially responsible for that. The ones in Greece, we're definitely responsible for that. We were there, right? What are you saying, Pastor? What is God speaking to your heart? That's what I want to ask you. Would you stand with me? What is God speaking to your heart right now? What can you do? Who is it that you can disciple here? And how is it that you can promote missions around the world? Just a few months ago, we were at Because of the Times. They took a special offering to help missionary support I Am Global so that missionaries could go back to the field quicker. And we said from this church we would give $2,000. I wonder if today, if you could say, God, what would you have me give? And you would give something a little extra and say, God, I'm putting this in for missions today. This is my Mission Sunday offering. I realize uh, we don't all have unlimited funds, but I can promise you that what you give to the cause of missions, you will not be lacking. God will not let you out give him. God will bless you in return. So today, as we close, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to just pray and I want to ask God to speak to our hearts. Lord Jesus, in this place, God, there are those who have listened to me talk and talk and talk and talk and talk today. Some of them to the place where they have probably already tuned me out. God, I pray that your word would speak to them, that they have a responsibility to the Great Commission. God, not because I said so, but because you said so. So God, help us be obedient to the Great Commission. Help us, God, to see where we can be active in our local church. Help us see where we can be active in our community and help us see where we can be active in the globe. God, we know that you are going to do great things all across this world because of what takes place, God, when we come together as a church. And today, Lord, we surrender ourselves to you. We are available for whatever you want for us. And God, we will give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name. This altar is open today. I wonder if there's somebody here who maybe you didn't finish praying about who God would speak to you to, to target for discipleship. Maybe God's dealing with your heart about going on a mission trip or doing something for missionaries. Why don't you come to this altar today and say, God, I surrender. Whatever it is you want me to do, I surrender to you today. God, I'm available to you.